Hey everybody, welcome to Adventure Retired, the podcast where retired people share what they're doing in their retirement to help you start living your best retired life. We are Kurt and Cindy Lilchadal, your hosts, and today we're going to talk to a lady who is a park host in her retirement journey. Diane Newberry, we met her when we went up to uh, Miniopa State Park in Minnesota, and we noticed her in her little camper there and wanted to find out what life as a park host is like. Yeah, but first, a life lesson from Kurt. Today's life lesson is know the difference between wants and needs. This is a big one as far as when you're getting older. Those of us who are retired, we still need to know the difference between wants and needs. But wants are something, I don't know, you want it. Well, the thing is, is that, you know, I think for us, and especially for me, the wants sometimes take over your thoughts in terms of like, I need I need this, I need this, but really it's a want. Yeah, needs are like food, shelter, water, clothing, some clothing, not all the clothing you have. But. Right. Well, I think it's the point where you have to start thinking, especially if you want to, if you're a young person and you want to get out of debt and you want to become a millionaire or right. something, you have to have a priority and you have to think about, all right, these are my needs, what are my wants, and, you know, go for that. Because, man, it can happen if you, you know, don't get carried away with the wants. It really can. All right, let's get on to the interview. Today we're talking to Diane Newberry, and we met Diane when we were camping, and she was our park host in Minnesota. It was really cool. Yeah, what was the name of that state park we were at, Diane? Miniopa State Park. Our man, Cato. By Mankato. Okay. Yeah, I, I was disappointed because it has a part where you can go out and see the buffalo. We didn't see any buffalo at all. And that's so surprising because often they are right on the road. In fact, they know that you can't drive past them. And so sometimes they'll just lay down in the road and stop traffic <laughs> for an hour or so. <laughs> well, that's a nice state park. Yeah, we we was... really enjoyed it. And then riding over to the other part with the beautiful waterfalls. Yeah, We love state parks. Once we get into camping a little bit more after all this COVID stuff, we love state parks. Yeah. We love national parks. And when they have a bike mm-hmm. path, it's great, too. Yeah. It's yeah. wonderful. Yep. Okay. yep, this one connects to a lot of bike paths. Yeah, it, so. did, it did. Okay, a couple questions, first of all. Um, what did you do for a living before you retired? I've had a few different jobs. I've worked in nonprofits my most of my life. For 20 years, I worked with juvenile delinquent boys at a residential treatment facility okay. in um, kind of rural Minnesota. Very good. And I have worked in other nonprofits with mentoring and that kind of volunteerism. And the last five years, I had my own business. I became an entrepreneur, and I did pet sitting and tutoring. So I took care of pets, and I tutored people all the way from age three to master's in college, depending on the topic. Oh, oh wonderful. What a great career you had. And it, you know, it's so neat when you can work with people and help somebody. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And, you know, it really gets you um, back into learning. And, you know, a lot of the kids that I tutored were uh, kids of immigrant families and they want their kids, they recognize the value of an education and they want their kids to do well. And they're willing to part with their hard earned money to make sure that their kids 
do well in school since often, you know, English is a second language for them and they can't always help their kids with their homework and stuff. So it was a privilege to be in all these different families and learn something about a whole bunch of different cultures. It was a real treat. Okay. And, And how long have you been retired? I retired a year ago, May, so about a year and a half. Okay, so you're getting out there and getting it done early. That's that's kind yep. of why we do this podcast. We figure, you know, when you first retire, that's as young as you're ever going to be in retirement. <laughs> exactly. And so if you don't get out there and get things, you know, these adventures or the, the yep. stuff you want to do, the stuff you dreamed about doing, if you don't get those done when you're young, you know, you, you can sit later. What's the expression we have? Don't sit too soon. Don't sit too soon. So, yeah. Exactly. I 100% agree. So tell me about being a park host. You know, we've always camped. All of our married life, we've camped. And we've always seen the spot where the park host gets to park. And they mm-hmm. get a great spot across from the restroom. We, yep, you we get know a you got to be location. nice to that person. Yes. Okay. <laughs> First of all, how did you decide to become a park host? I don't know exactly how I ever heard about it, but once I heard about it, I always thought that that would be a really cool thing because I love to be outside and it's fun to meet people. And I like, like you said, state and national parks are just great. Oh, they're the best. And yeah. And you know, the best people camp, I think. So you're just surrounded by other, you know, enjoyable, fun, loving, nature, loving people. And it's a great deal. So then I started looking into it a year ahead of retirement because I kind of thought that's really what I would like to do. And I had my little trailer already purchased and I, it was very easy. And I decided Minnesota has so many wonderful state parks. I thought, why would I go anywhere else to start? So I thought I'll start in Minnesota and it's a real easy process. And there are openings. Some parks have the same couples that come back or individuals, because I do it by myself, they come back year after year. And other parks like, you know, kind of rotate. And so they have different camp hosts each month. And some people come back to the same one all the time and others kind of bounce around depending on their. And I know that there are some people who come from out of state to camp host in Minnesota because maybe they've got family or something nearby. Or they like mosquitoes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, have to get along with them. (laughs) Yeah. What is the process to becoming a park host? In Minnesota, the DNR has a website, and you go to the DNR website, and there's a volunteer tab, and then you look for camp hosting, and there's an online application to fill out. They do a background check. Okay. I talked to the person who's in charge of volunteering, who was super helpful. And she said, if you have a particular park that you want to host at, you you know, talk to that park, call them and talk to the manager or whoever's in charge of the, the camp hosting and just find out what are their needs, you know, what kind of openings do they have, you know, get to know them, put your name on their radar And I decided I couldn't come up with a preference. Like, I didn't really care where I went because all Minnesota parks are kind of cool. And so I just put my name in and was um, contacted pretty quickly because there's parks that don't have people at certain times of year. So one of the parks was Savannah Portage, which is in kind of north central Minnesota. Okay. And that's a pretty buggy park. 
And they told me that up front. And I bought a bug shirt and I had lots of bug spray and and a screen tent. And I loved it there. And then I was contacted by Miniopa. I was not their first, but their second camp host because they just started having camp hosts because they electricity is difficult to get in their campground. So they so I was their second one. So, okay. And I turned out I loved it enough that I decided I was going back to the same park this year. Okay. Cool. Oh, that's good. So do you interview for it or they just figure yeah. you're volunteering and then the background check or? I had uh, a conversation with the park manager in each of the parks. We just chatted and uh, I have done Minnesota's master naturalist program. Okay. So you get to be a volunteer naturalist. And I was hoping that I would end up at a park that could use someone that maybe would do some, you know, um, nature hikes or oh. nature programs or something like that. Yeah, we've done those. With the, yeah, because that was always my favorite, you know, the park rangers that tell you about bats or about bugs or about whatever. Right. And so this year, of course, with COVID, we did not do those. Last year, I did nature hikes. I, I developed some the parks in conjunction with the park folks that, you know, they would look at what I was doing and say, yep, that's OK. And and then I would do some family nature hikes led from the campgrounds. Okay. How long is your um, time at a park? Like, do you have to commit for a month, two months, or just a couple weeks? Yeah, what's the maximum or the minimum? Yeah. From what I know, the maximum is as much time as they have available for you. Like I said, some parks don't have a lot of camp hosts, so they're happy to get what you can give. Um, most parks want you to be there for at least a month because you – as a park host, you are sort of the the one that people come to to get questions answered, and it takes a while to get to know a lot of the things. People will come in and say, "Where's the best fishing spot?" or say, "I need uh, I need this. Where's the nearest drugstore?" or oh, yeah. um, you know, "Where did this happen?" or "Do you know about this?" And so there's just a lot of um, the more information you have, the more valuable you can be. So. Yeah, if, if somebody has an emergency, they're going to probably come to you, you know. Yep. You better know where the hospital is. Has that ever and... happened? Um, we've had a, yeah, <laughs> the best one was somebody came and knocked on my door about 9 o'clock at night and said, could I borrow the keys to your trailer? And I said, how come? They said, um, we locked ourselves out. <laughs> 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 and they were just trying out this trailer they were renting it to see how they liked it and they and the you know most trailers you have to lock it from the outside it it doesn't you have to lock it with a key from the outside right. but something malfunctioned on their door and it know. locked itself while they were outside <laughs> and so we spent a while you know trying to figure out if there was a way to break into the trailer and um, could we take the door off the hinges and could we get in through the windows and everything? So we worked at it for a while and finally they were able to, most trailers have like a storage area and theirs happened to have a storage area that was big enough for us to, I had some wood that I could wedge up into it to hold up the wood. You know, usually it comes up under a seat or right, a, a bench right. bed uh -huh. or something. Yeah. And theirs came up under a bed. And so we got it wedged up so that it was safe. And then the wife wiggled through 
and she managed to get in <laughs> and unlock the door from the inside. Oh, what a fun so, story. I wonder if they're still camping, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they thought it was, they actually took it really well and thought it was kind of hilarious. And, um, and now they said, now we know that we don't have to worry. Yeah. <laughs> we can find a way in. <laughs> we had that happen one time. We were in Oklahoma at a state park or county park. And at 11.30 at night, the ranger came up on a four-wheeler, and he said, there's 50-mile-an-hour winds 20 minutes away. Oh, yeah. And boy, oh, boy, was that a wild And it night. was a big park, and people were just, like, throwing yeah. their campers together, and we, we were in a pop-up. Yeah, we were in a pop-up, and so we ran it, you know, down, and so it'd be a little more streamlined, and we rode it out in the van. But oh, that was scary. Those yeah. are fun yep. times. We had one really bad storm come through Savannah Portage. The it was, it, you know, they had um, straight line wind forecasts of over 60 miles an hour. Know, yeah. And so we had all of the, they have good bathrooms up there. And we had all of the bathrooms and shower rooms and everything open. And we had talked to everybody about, you know, where to go if they had questions. And some people actually did pack up and go home. Most everybody else just kind of staked down their tent a little tighter or folded up their awnings or whatever and came through and it was a heck of a storm but at least those big winds didn't materialize but yeah that was a little we didn't get much sleep that night yeah those are those are long nights yeah Mm -hmm. but the lightning was fantastic yeah minnesota is is known for its thunderstorms and yes tornadoes (laughs) we've been in minnesota a lot of times up in bemidji when it's been bad weather yeah scary have you looked into um maybe in the future doing national parks or is that a little more competitive i wonder i don't know competitive i'm sure the major parks are you know one of the nice things is you get to talk to a lot of people and so i've talked to people who've done camp hosting at national parks and i think it's something that i definitely am thinking about but i just love minnesota summers so it's hard to think about going away during the summer in Minnesota to somewhere else. Yeah, that's true. But maybe at some point I'll, I will have enough of Minnesota summers and decide to go try it out. But yeah, I looked at, there are other States that are looking for camp hosts and you, and it's the same thing. A lot of them, you apply through their version of the DNR and, um, and some places have concessionaires that run the campgrounds. And so you run, you go through those concessionaires. And I never really wanted to, you know, some of them you can work, you get paid. Right. Yeah. Instead of just a free. Doing that right now. But I, I retired so that I <laughs> didn't have to work. And I really like the flexibility that being a campground host offers because you're there, you have expectations, you know, they, they, they have certain times that they really like you to be around, but I have found the state park folks to be so warm and welcoming and helpful and um, grateful to have you around. And so, you know, if you have something that comes up and you need to be gone on a day or go visit grandkids or go help with this or go do that, that's, it's not, not a big deal. And then you kind of organize your time as you wish okay so what like what are some of the duties that you have to do if you you agree to be a a park host so in minnesota the uh the primary thing that they want you to be is eyes and ears in the campground be available answer questions uh help folks have a great experience and 
you know, the weekends are the busiest, of course. Oh, yeah. And so being around the campground during kind of, you know, Friday night check-in through, you know, in particular Saturday. By Sunday, most people have their questions answered and they're, you know, getting ready to head out. But in particular, Friday and Saturday are the days that are to be around to answer questions and just kind of keep an eye on things. Other than that, so that being being around is one thing. But of course, you know, during the day, people are out and about. So I hike or do other things. We cannot clean the bathrooms because that's, you know, they have their OSHA things with the chemicals they use and that kind of stuff. Oh, well, but we can. Thing, re- I <laughs> yeah, I know. I wasn't sad at all. <laughs> you know, but we restock toilet paper. We refill paper towel things. We sweep up. We. You know, if there's a big mess, if something happens, which rarely, rarely happens, people are really generally pretty respectful of the campsites yeah, um, and the and the restrooms and stuff. We can call in the rangers like if there were some big, you know, mess that we needed cleaning supplies to clean. Have you um, in your experience, have you had that one group that goes there camping and just gets like really drunk and unruly and loud and everything that you have to tell them to settle down. Yeah. Lots of times uh, um, the parks will have a ranger that kind of stays up until, and is kind of on weekends, like Friday and Saturday nights, they kind of make their presence known around the campground. We also, they, you know, anybody, not just the host, but anybody can call the sheriff if somebody is really out of hand. If it's noisy, um, you know, that usually we just come and kind of chat and, and remind them that sound carries quite a bit at night in the, you know, and right. sometimes people just, they're just having a great time. They just don't realize how loud it is for everybody else. Right. Who wants peace and, and quiet there, you know? Yeah. We've and, been in campgrounds where people, you know, they, they pull out their, their RV or whatever, and they get out their uh, generator. <laughs> yep. It's like, boy, nobody yep. likes that guy. Well, and, and that's when nope. you know, they hopefully they have a cutoff at 10 o'clock or yeah, something. Well, 10 o'clock. You know? Even yep. then, it's too much for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That And, yeah, the old – some of those generators are really loud. And we do have a 10 o'clock kind of quiet time. And so that, that helps a lot. So it's been pretty rare – most of the time, if it if it's somebody, who, they're just a big family group and they're just hooting it up and having a great time and right. laughing and, and kids are out playing because it's exciting and, you know, screaming and running around. I mean, that's they're out there to enjoy themselves. But yeah. at usually before 10 o'clock, we may, you know, just stop by and say, just letting you know, you know, the, the sound carries pretty good. And I know you guys are having a good time. But remember, 10 o'clock, you know, let's kind of, you know, can you bring it down just a bit? And it's it's been rare. There have only been a couple times where it's been an issue. I One time, I, I kind of think it was maybe almost more of a couple. There was somebody who was arguing and, and arguing until, you know, three, four in the morning at oh the top of their lungs. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and I think there was maybe, I don't know if there was maybe a mental health issue along with some chemical right. <laughs> use. But Usually it, beers you know, involved somehow. Yeah. So they would, they would say, Oh, oh okay. I'm so, uh, We'll settle down. We'll, I'm sorry. You know, and then a half yeah. an hour later, they'd be back at it again. Yeah. So as, as beautiful <laughs> so as Minneopa state park was in the middle of the night, I truly thought a train was coming through our tent. 
because, <laughs> and I don't know how far that thing was, but it felt like it was coming well, through. Well, we were up there on that ledge, and so you could yeah, see, see the train Yeah, see, it's right below oh. you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it was. And like, it didn't blow its horn, though, did it? Um, I don't remember. No, I don't think it did. It just rumbles. But it yeah, comes it was, right underneath you and rumbles the ground. It sure did, and it was loud. <laughs> Yeah, I, I try to tell people if, <laughs> if it's their first time, I try to tell them because they don't blow their horn. The other train tracks that's on the other side of the campground, they sound their horn because they're coming across a highway oh. and you can hear that off in the distance. But I grew up near train tracks and, and that kind of rumbly sound at night kind of, I, I kind of like that. Yeah. Well, we, we, like I said, we've done a lot of camping and to find the perfect, perfect campground. I mean, there's always little things, but oh, yep. I, I still, I think the best thing you can do to raise your kids, or we've been talking to people on the podcast who take their grandchildren out, yes. you know, because mom and dad are in their careers and working hard and everything. And here's these um, grandparents saying, you know, we'll, we'll take the grandkids out. And I hear you have like five-year-old twins. Have they been camping with grandma? Yeah, they haven't yet. My two and a half year old came this summer with my daughter and we had a night and that was really fun. I'm looking forward to it, too, when they get, you know, they're they're probably this coming summer. They'll be old enough to be able to come for a night or two and and enjoy it. And, and I won't freak out. Yeah. Oh, no, it's <laughs> yeah. the best teaching yeah. kids to camp. Yes, they love the outdoors. They yeah, do. We love they it. Do. And it takes, sometimes it takes, I think our last podcast, um, our, the people we interviewed said that, you know, the first day the kids were kind of like, you know, where's my phone and there's, there's nothing phone. to mm-hmm. do. Yeah. And then by the end of the weekend, they were like, we don't want to go home, you know, and we want to yeah. be out here playing in the, in the creek. And they had so much fun. You guys are right that I, I see a lot of grandparents with grandkids and it is such a treat oh, and yeah. to watch the, to watch the, the fun that they have. And, and, and as you're right, it's, I've, I've actually walked past and listened to, to, okay, we agreed, put the phone down now for a few hours, let's go do this and this. And I, I hear that and you can see the reluctant teen, you know, <laughs> Oh Yeah. Yeah, but by the end, it's true. They're out there having a great time. Yeah. So being a park host, I'm sure being outside is a perk, but are there any other things that you consider a perk to like being? the you payment? Know, yeah, or... Do you get paid? Yeah. Or... I mean, free camping is absolutely amazing because when true. you pay when you pay to camp, it's not inexpensive, and especially for a chunk of time, that adds up. Oh, yeah. So being able to – and, of course, you get a primo spot, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, like I said, the park staff are truly amazing. They're so willing to share their knowledge and their appreciation and, and you see how hard they work behind the scenes to keep everything going. And they have been like for this year, especially they've been really short staffed, but yet the park, the, the campsites are neat and the trails are fixed. And, the, you know, I mean, like they work so hard. Yeah, and budgets have been cut quite a bit yep. for state and national parks. Do you get like uh, free gas or something if you have an LP tank? or? Nope, but you get, uh, I mean, it's free electricity. Okay. And okay. The, they don't have, you know, the sewer hookups and the water hookups. So I basically don't use the water in my trailer or the bathroom unless it's, pouring oh, okay. rain at midnight or something right. and then i will because otherwise you have to you know pack up and hitch up and dump and then come back yeah but you're right across from the bathroom so 
don't really need it. So what is your camp setup? I mean, what kind of camper do you have? Or I have a little 13-foot, it's called a Nomad. Okay. And it's, um, I have not seen many like it. And I get lots of people saying, where did you find that? And wanting to take a look at it because it's such a, it, for two people, it would be very tight, right. but for, it's perfect for one because it has everything. It has an air conditioner, which really I only used when I was taking care of my kids' dogs one weekend and it was really hot Right. and they couldn't, the dogs of course couldn't handle the heat. So, but those are a nice option too. I mean, yeah, camping so it's without there. AC, it's, it's a little bit more roughing it than you know some people want to do. Yeah, I, in general, I don't. I have a fan, so I just put the fan on, and life is good. Right. And so the the camper and it, I can tow it. I have a little um, a forerunner, and so I can tow it with that. And I have a nice screen tent that I put up over uh, the picnic table. And that is kind of like my outdoor living room and mm-hmm. dining room and, you know, dishwashing station and everything. For all those skaters in Minnesota. <laughs> yep. Do, does that and, work with mosquitoes? I mean, pretty good. Oh, yeah. Okay. It works with it works with the one that I have. And that's one of the you asked about perks. One of the perks is I I make the rounds. I like to go talk to people. So I go from campsite to campsite and visit with folks and if they want to chat, I'll chat. If they don't want to chat, I just say hi and move on if they don't have any questions. But you get to see everybody's setups. Oh, and yeah. so you, if you have a question like you want to know, you want to get a screen tent, what's the best screen tent? Well, you can talk to 200 people and find out what what they like and don't like about their screen tents. So, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Our camping, yep. we found that it was always, you know, certain things work. And certain things don't. You buy something, it doesn't work. You buy something, it does work. And so, yeah. Yep. You're always and people involving. are happy to tell you both things. Oh, this doesn't work. Don't get this. Right. Or this is great. You should get this. Yeah, okay. that's so, true. So, so you have your camper and your screened-in um, little My area. screen tent. Your mm-hmm. screen tent. And anything else that you bring along that makes your yeah. life comfortable? I have a kayak that I put up on uh, and bring with me so that I, if, if I'm some parks, the park, that, the Savannah Portage that I host at has four lakes as a part of the park. Mm. This one, Miniopa doesn't, but there are nearby lakes. And I learned more about those this year, but just didn't have a chance to get out in them right. the, when I, you know, I, I was just busy with other things. Yeah. So now Cindy just got this year a, e-assist bike yeah i had it up there oh, when i was up there yeah with you. we rode it up there oh, I and, love it. you know was it? for us older generation they're mm-hmm. wonderful because you have to pedal you know yeah hers is a fuji traverse you have to pedal but you can go up hills in Minneopa in yeah. between those two state yeah, parks. I was going to say that oh, big man. that big hill that goes up to the falls. Yep, oh, she I laughed just, at me. I just you know I got to the top where the where the um, where the graveyard was yeah. or the cemetery yep. was and just waited for him and it was oh. like, are you coming? Was, up there? No, those are wonderful for like camping and exploring around the campgrounds nice. and yeah. I don't yeah. think she could have outrun the buffalo there at Minneopo. <laughs> no, no, those bison, and they are deceptively fast. Yeah, well, they we really find are. Out. <laughs> yeah, that you don't want to find out. They they have personalities. Yes, yes. <laughs> so next year, next summer, twenty one, uh, I guess you're going to be a park host again. 
I am. I'm. I'll. Uh, as far as I know, I'll be back both at Savannah Portage in the spring and Minneopa in the fall. Okay. They they asked me if I was coming back, and they seem to be will. <laughs> they seem to be interested in having me back. So uh, that's good. Like cheap well, labor. Good. Well, huh? we we might be. Able, I, we have never been to that Savannah. No. Is that Savannah up there Portage around Bemidji is beautiful. Somewhere. It's um by McGregor, so it's north of Malax and almost directly west of Duluth. Okay. Okay, we might see you over there. Oh well, good. I I like the spring ephemerals. There are beautiful. The uh, the spring flowers right. are just killer up are, there. Are there bike paths around? Um, yeah, they do have some biking. I'm trying A lot of to people think. Call those roads. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They in the park. They you know if you have like mountain bike type bikes, they you can bike some of the trails in the parks they have gravel roads throughout the parks so um, oh, yeah. it's a really good birding destination for birders come from all over because in in may the migration moves through and it's okay. got a lot of different habitats so there's a lot of birds that come through there and and there are people who come up specifically to bird okay oh, cool. all right well we always end um our interviews with the you betcha and the hell no moment so diane <laughs> what would be your you betcha this is the reason why i'm doing park hosting uh there are so many i just never run out of wonderful things that happen but i think one of the ones that just makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up when i think about it is uh, savannah portage is a as uh, a dark sky area i don't know if it's designated but it's 17 miles from the nearest town and everything oh, is wow. absolutely black out oh, there okay. every and star. this every star and this summer the comet was there neowise oh yeah and i went out one night uh, about 10 30 at night to the dock so i was out in the middle of the lake it was flat calm Every single star in the sky was reflected in the lake. There was no moon. There was a thunderstorm that had passed earlier. And way off on one side, you could see still the lightning flashes behind the trees, just enough to just kind of light. The comet was absolutely brilliant. And everything was reflected in the lake. And it was amazing oh yeah that that sounds like it sounds perfect uh, you're selling me already on this yeah. park so yeah. i know we're going to be up there yeah okay, yep. okay well, well i mean what's the worst experience your hell no moment for park hosting you know or have you had it yet just, <laughs> i have not had it yet i don't think i um you know mosquitoes are probably the closest i could say I could, if yeah. you if you miscalculate how much, you know, like bug spray you have on, or you think, oh, I'll just run out and do this. And then, and you, you know, and they're everywhere that, but honestly, if you have, it's like they say, there's no bad weather. There's just bad clothes. Right. It's kind of like that with mosquitoes. If okay. you know, they're out there, but it, and, and the other bugs they're out there, but if you have the right um, preparation, you still get to do what you want to do. Yeah, you know, I thought at the Minis- the park, Mini- what is it? Miniopa. At Miniopa, it was so weird. When we were sitting around the campfire, the mosquitoes were really bad. And then all of a sudden, they just stopped. Yeah. Yep. And it was like, yep. wow, this is really nice. We sat out for a while. Yeah, we and sat it was, around the fire. It was really good. It was nice. But you're right. Having just the right bug spray or having a, he- a netting on your hat, you know, something like yep. that can really make a difference. Yep. All well, right. thank you. We... we- 
we're glad we met you at Mini Open. We're glad you joined us here yeah, on the we'll podcast. Probably, we might see you again this coming year. Well, that would be great. And again, you know, you meet the nicest people when you're a park host, and you guys are perfect examples of oh, it. Well, thank you. Well, thank you very much. We'll be talking to you later, Diane. All right. All right. Hope thank to see you. you again one of these years. All right. Sounds great. <laughs> bye bye. Thanks. Bye bye. Okay, well, that was great talking to Diane. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I can't wait to go camping. <laughs> I just... I, I've known we've met other people that were park hosts or worked in, you know, grounds. Maybe we'll get to talk to some of them, yeah, maybe I, on a national level. Well, I'm so happy to know that the park hosts don't have to clean the bathrooms. I thought that was one of the duties. You clean ours. I know, but I don't want to clean. But, you know, That's I true. just cannot wait for us to get our, our camper again. I mean, we were camping this year with the... The tent, and that's fine, but I miss having the camper. Yeah, campers are a little bit better. I don't think we need the $150 million glamping glamping machine. machine. I do like roughing it a little, but you're right. Being on the ground gets a little old when you're 60. Yeah, we both like being around the campfire. Oh, yeah. You like cooking outside, and I like having you cook outside. So, you know, but, oh, man, you know, she just... You can tell she loves what she does in retirement. Yeah, she's the cool grandma. Yeah. You know? I mean, oh. I can't, the, when taking her twins out there, they'll love it. Oh, she's going to have a blast. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. We sure appreciate it. We're enjoying ourselves doing this. And we're always looking for new people um, to interview with their retirement journeys. It is so fun talking to retirees and, you know, learning about what they do for fun, for activities, for Getting hobbies. Getting out there. Yeah. Getting out there. Just Fun. Living your best retired life. You can reach us at our website, adventureretired.com, or you can email us directly at adventureretired at gmail.com. Do you have anything else you want to say? Just, you know, get out there and do something. All right. I love you, Cindy. I love you more. And that's the kids loved you.